More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It all comes down to this. The final impeachment vote on whether or not to remove President Trump from office. And straight from the Capitol, we have one of the judge slash jurors. This is Verdict with Ted Cruz. The final vote has happened. Can I get a drum roll, please? The president has not been removed from office. Senator, you are so shocked and excited by this news that you're sitting there tweeting during the intro of the show. Uh, well, well, I am. I was just, just reading a second ago a tweet that says, in other Democratic comments, Representative Sheila Jackson Lee suggests that the Russians may be behind the Iowa Democratic Caucus app debacle. She mentions Russia as she tells FBI Director Chris Ray, I hope the Iowa Democrats will ask for an FBI investigation on the app. And so I just retweeted it and, and made a very simple observation. Well, Bernie did honeymoon in the Soviet Union. <laughs> so you, your mind is now past impeachment. The impeachment vote has happened and it turned out the way that we all knew it was Look, going to turn out. This was the inevitable outcome. Yeah, we knew this in October. We knew this in November. We knew this in December. We knew this in January. We know this in February. And we will know this 100 years from now. This impeachment was always a partisan circus. And, and it, was it was always going gonna... to end with acquittal. Right. But it wasn't about convicting the president. That, hmm. that wasn't the Democrats' objective. It, it was about appeasing their base that hates him. Do, do you impeachment think... and the Democratic reaction to the state of the union last night 
are the same thing. Huh. It, 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 it's like it, it's a different part of the identical phenomenon. Nancy Pelosi ripping the speech in half right. is the same thing as impeachment. It, it, it is all a giant fu apologies to Donald Trump. That's what that, that's what this whole thing was. But then uh, this, uh, what did they get out of it? I guess if, if we always knew how it was going to end and I, it was always a partisan circus. Was there a political victory when you for throw the blood to the mob? <laughs> it satiates the mob, at least briefly. Right. Or if nothing else, it gets messy. <laughs> I, I mean, this was look beginning of last year. You had famed centrists like Nancy Pelosi <laughs> saying, no, 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 we can't do impeachment. It can't be partisan. It'll never succeed. Even Nancy Pelosi didn't want to do impeachment. You had that wonderful rock of moderation, Jerry Nadler, <laughs> saying, no, 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 we can't do we can't do impeachment if it's partisan. So what changed? What changed is their base got angrier and angrier hmm. and angrier. And, and, and ultimately, listen, I, I view Nancy Pelosi almost, almost like a hostage tied up in a basement somewhere. A little <laughs> ironic because we are, in fact, in a basement we right are, now. Yeah. But, but look, she's, she was telling AOC. She was telling the squad. She was telling the fired up Bernie Sanders Bernistas, no, no, no. And they just couldn't fight him anymore. Mm-hmm. And, and so all of impeachment... One of the reasons I think Pelosi was so pissed last night is I think the Democrats have done real political damage to themselves in the last three months. And they've strengthened President Trump. I mean, mean it you know, if I were Donald Trump, I would send a letter to the FEC today, the Federal Election Committee, saying, dear FEC, I'd just like clarification. Do I have to declare Nancy Pelosi's actions as an in-kind contribution <laughs> it has to my re-election him. campaign? It has helped his numbers. I, so then I, I guess this is just what's confusing to me. What you're saying is Nancy Pelosi and the Democrats had to go along with impeachment because their fired up base demanded it. But the impeachment has damaged the Democrats yep. and it was always going to damage the Democrats. I, I think that's right. I, 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 and I think that, that their base has radicalized and, and, and they have no choice but follow them off the cliff. Now, there were some surprises today. Yep. We had been talking about Obviously, the president was going to be acquitted, but there were some swing votes in play. Mitt Romney was the biggest one, but also Doug Jones of Alabama, who's a Democrat. Also, uh, Kirsten Sinema of Arizona. Right. There were a few other votes in play. It was a completely party line vote, except for Mitt Romney. Well, let's take each piece of that. So this weekend, as you and I talked about, I thought there were anywhere between 50 and 56 votes for not guilty. Mm-hmm. We ended up at 52. <coughs> Sorry about that. Um, it's been a long week. <laughs> it, it, it has. Um, we ended up at 52. So the six votes that were in play, three Republicans, Susan Collins, Lisa Murkowski, Mitt Romney, and three Democrats, Joe Manchin, Kirsten Cinema, Doug Jones. Um, I was right that Collins would vote to acquit. I was right that Murkowski would vote to acquit. I was wrong on Mitt. So last podcast we did, I told you I thought Mitt would be a not guilty. I also told you I thought Joe Manchin would be a not guilty. Joe Manchin, Democrat from West Virginia. What, from West Virginia. And I said, cinema might be that she was a plausible not guilty. 
And I also told you Doug Jones won't be. And 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 Jones, I was exactly right. Jo- Jones is running in Alabama. It's a bright red state. Voting for impeachment is a terrible vote for Doug Jones. And I think he doesn't care. He he's like uh, the end of Doctor Strangelove, the guy on top of the uh, on top of the the bomb with a cowboy hat cheering <laughs> as it falls. Going That's for Doug it. Jones. He's right. like I'm losing, and damn it. I am going to be praised by every liberal in Alabama. And there are a few of them. They're not <laughs> right. many, but 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 he's going to be there here. Senator, do you know how I know that you are new to political podcasting is that you are actually holding up your predictions against reality? <laughs> Normally, we just move right along. Doesn't matter. No accountability. Mitt Romney was the big story. Yeah. Though. yeah. Mitt Romney comes out. We and actually that surprised me. We have a clip okay. of it. Mitt Romney declaring why he's going to vote against President Trump. As a senator juror. I swore an oath before God to exercise impartial justice. I am profoundly religious. My faith is at the heart of who I am. The grave question the Constitution tasks senators to answer is whether the president committed an act so extreme and egregious that it rises to the level of a high crime and misdemeanor. Yes, he did. Your reaction? Look, I think he's wrong. Uh, I think he is very mistaken. Uh, and I think that's unfortunate. Uh, I think that is a, a bad decision. I think it's, it's bad for the country. Um, I think it's bad for Mitt. Uh, and I don't think it's consistent with the Constitution. Now, that being said, every senator has to make up his or her mind. And then that, that, that is what Mitt has done. But, but, uh, I think that's a very unfortunate decision. Do you think Senator Romney's decision to be the only vote that to cross party lines to vote against the president on actually on only one charge on abuse of power? He didn't he voted to acquit the president yeah. on the other charge, obstruction of Congress. But do you think Senator Romney's decision influenced some of those other swing votes on the Democratic side? Yeah, that's an interesting question. And, and, and maybe. Uh, you know, when we started voting, so we voted today at four. So we all came to the Senate floor. We got there a few minutes early. Uh, Mitch McConnell was giving a speech about how impeachment was all nonsense. Yeah. <laughs> um, four o'clock, uh, the vote comes in. The Chief Justice comes and takes the seat, reads the first article. We vote. Now, the way we vote, every one of us stands up and, and votes either guilty or not guilty. Um Right before that started, it was interesting. Joe Manchin and Kirsten Cinema hugged each other, hmm. uh, and I have to say, Cinema, who who I like, I work with her. She looked pale. She looked haggard. I mean, I, it was it was noticeable. And and I will say, a, a, another Republican senator was speculating with me if Chuck Schumer had had taken them back in his office and strapped them to a chair and and taken out a rubber hose on them. It seemed as though it was in their personal political interest to vote to acquit the president. So what's interesting is 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 when Manchin cast his vote, I leaned over to David Perdue, sits next to me on the on the Senate floor. And I said, well, Manchin just announced he's not running for reelection. That's what it seems like. Look, West Virginia this may be a worse vote for worse vote for Manchin than it is for Doug Jones. I'd, right. I'd I'd put West Virginia and Alabama side by side in terms of where the voters are on that, and I'm actually not shocked that yeah. that Manchin would do that because I because I don't think he actually really likes the Senate. He used to be governor of West Virginia. <laughs> yeah. He liked being governor more, hmm. and 
this was a vote. I don't know how much Schumer pounded them. I actually wonder. The Democrats are much better at party discipline. <laughs> I, I, I don't know what Schumer threatens. I don't know if he did. This is pure speculation. Um, but it wouldn't shock me. So Romney announced earlier this afternoon he was going to be a guilty. And and if Schumer hadn't gotten Mansion and or Cinema to flip then, I suspect Romney coming over, mm-hmm. Schumer would have said, hey, you can't vote the other way because we need the messaging. I haven't even seen what, what the Democrats have said, but I'm sure they're all saying it was a bipartisan vote. Well, that's what changes. This is why the Romney vote matters is not because no, it, it was going to change. No, it doesn't. You don't think so? There are 535 members of the United States Congress huh. throughout this entire show. <laughs> that was a diplomatic choice of words. <laughs> I said the second half of the word. Um They got one Republican, Hmm. one out of 535. So you'll forgive me for not being, oh, terribly excited (laughs) that they got one. This was a partisan endeavor from Mm -hmm. day one. And the the fact that that Mitt decided to do what he did. Listen, I don't really want to pound Mitt, frankly, because everyone else on Earth is landing on him so hard. (laughs) I don't know if you've checked Twitter recently, but it's tough on him. (laughs) but, But I will say, you know, one reaction I have. So I'm reminded of another difficult moment on the Senate floor. By the way, an interesting observation, Mitt, I think, sits at the same desk that I sat in as a freshman. Hmm. Looking at that image of that clip, that's the same image that's behind me when I'm doing the Obamacare filibuster. He's really junior. He's in the back corner. Um, Those were very different uh, speeches. uh, Very different. (laughs) But, But I was reminded of another deeply disappointing moment on the floor which was in 2017 when we voted on Obamacare repeal. And you'll recall, we came one vote short of Obamacare repeal. Now, there's nothing I have bled more than taking on and trying to repeal Obamacare. And I haven't given up on that yet, just to be clear. But you'll recall three Republicans voted against it, and the last one was John McCain from Arizona, who put his, put his fist out and sort of wiggled We're it for a minute waiting. and then thrust his thumb down. Yeah. And that was that was about two in the morning. So actually, we should have been podcasting. Yeah, two in the morning. That's that's, not that's our time. time. That's podcast time. We need to own (laughs) two a.m. You know, it's two a.m. Do you know where your senator is? They have got to let you get to your second job. That that is exactly right. So I remember at that moment, and listen, John McCain and I, we became friends. I respect and admire him personally, certainly for his heroism, for his serving his country. But I had to turn and walk off the Senate floor because I, if I had spoken to him that night, it would not have been language suitable for the floor of the it, United States It was an, States an infuriating vote. But, but I want to draw a distinction. Let, let me contrast. So someone else, uh, the, the, the two other no votes that night were Susan Collins and Lisa Murkowski. Mm-hmm. I had a very different sentiment about McCain's vote than I did about Collins's vote. Why? Look, I didn't like how Susan voted. But Susan was honest with her voters. Mm-hmm. Susan, when she campaigned and when ele- was elected in Maine, she never campaigned saying she opposed Obamacare. Right. She's, she's a moderate. She's... The, the voters of Maine knew what they were getting. She, mm-hmm. she wasn't out there on the stump saying, if you elect me, I will vote to repeal Obamacare. Yeah. And so I disagree with her on that issue. But, but, but I think being honest with your voters and doing what you right. told them to is, is, is right at the heart mm-hmm. of, of what we're supposed to do. Yeah. 
what was so infuriating about McCain's vote, he had just, just been reelected, and he had run ads all across Arizona, John McCain leading the fight to mm-hmm. repeal Obamacare. That, that, that's why it was so infuriating. And I got to say about Mitt, this ain't how he campaigned to get elected to Senate. I noticed that. I, if Mitt had wanted to tell the people of Utah, elect me and I will be a check on Donald Trump. Mm-hmm. I will stand up to Donald Trump. I will, I will be a statesman. Mm-hmm. And you know what? If the people of, of Utah had elected, elected him for that, God bless him. But that's not but, what But that's happened. not what he told the voters. And, and it's a pattern. The rage across this country. Washington doesn't doesn't get the rage across this country. <laughs> that rage is what elected Trump. Oh. Is people were tired of their elected officials telling them one thing. Lying to their faces. On the campaign. It just flat out lied and then doing exactly the opposite. Yeah. And, and, and that... I don't have a problem. I don't have a problem with a Bernie Sanders mm-hmm. voting like a socialist. Look, his policies are loony and would destroy the country and the world. Right. But, <laughs> but but other than that, Mrs. Lincoln, how'd but, you like to play? <laughs> but he tells the people of Vermont that. Mm-hmm. I don't know. They're cold. They're smoking pot. And they say that sounds good to us. Right. Like, I, right. I, I don't know, but it's at least honest. Mm-hmm. I yes. think we need more honesty in politics and and. This was not what the people of Utah were talking You know, this actually brings us to another point, kind of wrapping up impeachment. You've talked a lot about Hunter Biden, Burisma, this corruption on the Democratic side. And other senators have gone along with this. But you always wondered if it was just maybe a little more opportunistic. Uh, what what we've just heard, this is breaking news. Uh, senators Chuck Grassley and Ron Johnson have sent letters to the Secret Service requesting information on Hunter Biden's travel records. Uh, obviously, you have been leading the charge to get to the, the bottom of this kind of corruption. Are there going to be enough other senators to go along with this to get to the bottom of the Biden potential corruption? Or is this just going to be forgotten? I hope so. Um, let me say a couple of things on that. One, in the Senate and in the House, I think the political appetite for any further investigation diminished dramatically because Joe Biden is in free fall. Yeah, he's fourth in Utah. He's falling in New Hampshire. Uh, Iowa, actually, not Utah. In but, uh, Utah. I'm sorry. I was, I was still so fixated on Senator uh, Romney. Yes, in uh, Iowa. Look, they're, they're both both states with four letters and lots of vowels. <laughs> yeah. But uh, but but different. Yes. Beautiful, but very different. States. I can't believe they say we don't know geography. You know, I don't know why they say that about us conservatives. Um, Biden taking fourth in Iowa, or who knows? I mean, we still don't have results because they still can't count the votes, but it is catastrophic for him. Yeah. Um, What's going on behind the scenes, his donors are are in panic. His supporters are in panic. His grassroots activists are in panic. His campaign staffers are in panic. When you're built on being inevitable— Placing fourth is kind of a problem. Because that's the whole pitch for the Biden campaign is he's the most electable guy. Right, if he doesn't right. win elections, then that whole argument goes away. And, and remember, we talked about uh, in a previous podcast how when the House managers threw Joe Biden under the bus, one Republican senator speculated it was because the Democratic superdelegates mm-hmm. had soured on Biden. Right. 
and and we saw some of that some of the the fruit of that playing out in Iowa. What that means, they're not going to be a lot of Republicans in the Senate agitating for investigating further because Biden Biden is politically speaking a dead man walking right now. Right. Right. That being said, look, rule of law matters. <laughs> Biden was the vice president of the United States. The evidence we've walked through on Burisma and, mm-hmm. and corruption, when I'm back at home home in Texas and, and doing town halls, and I've done town halls in Texas and all across the country, people are understandably frustrated. A question you get all the time, how come nobody's held accountable? Mm-hmm. How come people break the law, people violate, their, their, no they're, they're criminal, there are no consequences, they get off scot-free. Mm-hmm. What happened to the millions of dollars Hunter Biden uh, made by the way, no one has ever answered the question that was asked during the trial. What exactly did Hunter Biden do <laughs> for the million bucks a year? Like the managers are like, oh, we, we don't want to answer that. <laughs> yeah. um, so my view is absolutely yes, there should be an investigation. Now, who should investigate? To be honest, there's a game of musical chairs in the Senate because no one wants to do it. Where no committee chairman wants to do it. <laughs> it it's got to be a com- committee chairman. I'm ha- I don't. I don't care if it's judiciary, foreign relations, or intel. I'm on two of those three, and I am urging the chairman to call them and to investigate. But right now, you're not seeing any chairman rushing into that breach. Right. And, and they control the gavel. They, they control the ability to investigate. But let me say, secondly, where's DOJ? <laughs> right. The, the Justice Department we, could We do have a United here. States Department of Justice. Mm-hmm. That has these people called assistant U.S. attorneys, <laughs> and they have grand juries, and they're FBI agents. When they're not fraudulently launching a case against the president and doctoring <laughs> evidence to the FISA court that takes to get wiretaps, you got evidence here of a million bucks a year to the son of the vice president mm-hmm. with the vice president bragging about getting the prosecutor fired. By the way, I don't know. So in my Senate speech yesterday, every senator got 10 minutes to explain. Yeah. And I quoted from what what podcast listeners here know that I've affectionately referred to as the son of a bitch clip. Yeah. <laughs> and Joe Biden on video saying, son of a bitch, he got fired. What I've actually asked my team to, to, to research, that may be the first time in history son of a bitch has been said on the Senate. So you did not set the milk precedent that you participated in, but you may oh, have no. set I've the set son, the of, son a of a bitch precedent. precedent. <laughs> that, that, okay, that's really... I, and I'll confess what I asked my team that they're like, oh, come on. Someone had to have said it. And I said, look, the Senate's pretty old school. I'm not even sure we've had a malarkey on the Senate. <laughs> no, floor. there's been a lot of malarkey, but maybe not a mention of malarkey. But by the way, Michael, you did mention I, I missed this tweet, uh, but you told me that 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 Don, Don Jr. Jr. Don Jr. tweeted about the Iowa caucuses. I'm, I'm sorry. We were told there'd be no malarkey. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Spot I didn't. On. I didn't see <laughs> Don's really, tweet, but that's really funny. Spot on. Uh, before we go, obviously wrapping up impeachment, we need to get to some of the mailbag questions. Yep. Our listeners have been incredible. Now, just what we've been doing this for two weeks. Over two million audio downloads. An, a ton of listens on YouTube. First question from Nicholas: Is the verdict podcast going to continue? Or was this a short-lived gem of a listen? We ain't going anywhere. All right. I still have a job. This is great. <laughs> we will keep on going. And, and we're going to keep doing the same thing, yeah. which is trying to get to the bottom of issues, trying to engage in substance. 
you know, this podcast was built on a proposition that that you can attest. A lot of people laughed at us for saying yes, which yeah. is that people really care about substance. They want to understand things. Now, look. People have jobs, they have kids, they have lives. They don't necessarily have time to spend days and days and days studying every issue. You got to get a deal with other stuff. Mm-hmm. But they do want to understand, all right, what's really going on? What are the facts? And, and I got to admit, when it comes to cable TV, I, I don't turn on the cable news stations. I get very little yeah. from, from people right. screaming at each Three other. Three-minute sound bites yelling over each other. And just the talking points, blah, 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 wah, wah, wah. Right. It's like, it's like a Charlie Brown and, the, and the teacher what talking. Say. Yeah, yeah, it just, it doesn't. So what we're going to try to do, we're going to try to address, number one, timely pressing issues right now. Yeah. But number two, also issues that matter, whether raised by the presidential campaign raised by what's going on in the Senate, raised in in the Supreme Court, or, or just issues that matter, socialism versus free enterprise. What's that all about? Those mm-hmm. are sort of great bumper stickers you can get all, yeah. ja- you know, jazzed about them. But, really but, but what, what does it mean? And, and, and I'm hoping that, that we do it with a combination of facts and insight and perhaps some perspectives that you don't necessarily get elsewhere. Uh, but but also having fun. I mean, we're gonna yeah. <laughs> you know cut up and laugh and 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 enjoy ourselves, and 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 hopefully that means our listeners will stay with us. Right. Uh, before we go, someone has a a new job recommendation for you. You've already got two. Maybe you could have a third from Lisa. Thoughts on a Supreme Court seat? I think Ted would be great. Well, look, I I, I appreciate Lisa saying that, and and that's a question that. I, I get sometimes. I I will tell you the the short answer is 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 that I I'm not interested in doing that. Really? Why not? You've worked in the Supreme Court. You clerked. You have argued cases before the Supreme Court. I I respect. I admire the Supreme Court. I think it's massively important. Hmm. You know the big reason, and 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 when I've said this to people, they sometimes don't believe me. But I think a principled federal judge stays out of policy fights. Hmm. Stays out of political fights. Yep. If I were a judge, that's what I'd do. If I found myself on the Supreme Court, I would follow the law and I would follow the Constitution. Even if it doesn't go along with your particular preference on any given issue. And I don't want to stay out of policy fights. <laughs> I don't want to stay out of political fights. I want to be right in the middle of them. And and the right place in our constitutional system for that is the Senate. I mean, the Senate was established for that. and 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 so... Listen, I, I would like to be part of nominating and confirming two, three, four, five strong, principled constitutionalists to the Supreme Court and to the lower courts as well. Um, I think it matters massively. But I don't want to pull out of the fray. It's too much fun. And, and frankly, when, <laughs> it matters when, when I look at the Senate and, and uh, you know, don't, no disrespect to my colleagues, but I don't see a whole lot of people leading the fight. Right. And, and, and if we're going to win people's hearts and minds, we got to be prepared to engage and fight. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and that's what I want to do. And, you know, I'll tell you one part of it also. I, so this is not an entirely theoretical question. Uh, for both of the last two Supreme Court vacancies, for Neil Gorsuch and Brett Kavanaugh, uh, the president and I had very serious conversations about the seat. Uh, extended especially for the first one, the Gorsuch seat that was Scalia's seat. We had the president and I and his team and I talked for probably two hours about it. Wow. 
and, and, and I don't want to overstate it. He didn't offer me the job, but it was a really serious. He didn't talk to me about it, you know, uh, so this is a little bit. <laughs> that may be the next one. Now, then you, maybe the next one. <laughs> uh, you, you know, I can see you as a Ruth Bader Ginsburg. <laughs> I mean, it'd, it'd be a good look for you. Um, and I'll tell you, I, I wrestled with it. I thought about it. I actually spent several weeks with Heidi. I mean, we were praying about it. I mean, that that's I, I revere Antonin Scalia and, 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 and to, to have the possibility of, of filling his spot like, holy cow, that it's one thing to say it theoretically. But when it was being discussed for real, you, you really have a all right, let's think about this it's a hum- humbling experience. And and I came very much to peace. So I told the president in both instances, I'm not interested. Hmm. I don't want the position. No, thank you. He, he didn't offer it to me, but I made very clear I didn't want it. Um, when I was thinking about it for the during the first discussions, one of the things that happened my I, my pastor came over to the house. It was I forget it was a Saturday or Sunday afternoon, and spent a couple of hours talking through with me. and And I got to say. Um, among my close friends, almost everybody was saying, "You're an idiot." What, like, what is? I wasn't going to say you? it, but I, it I got a lot of that. <laughs> um, it was interesting. My pastor's take on it. Um, he said he understood because I was from the very beginning very hesitant, pretty sure I didn't want to do it, but I was agonizing mm. because it was becoming a more real possibility. And uh, and my pastor used an analogy. He said, "You know, if someone came to me." and offered me the opportunity to be the leading theologian in the world, to go to some divinity school and, and drive theological thought across, across the planet. But I'd have to give up being a pastor. Huh. And, and, and I couldn't meet with the members of the church. I couldn't visit them when they're sick. I right. couldn't. He said, you know what? I'd turn that down. And, right. and it matters a lot. I want good theologians to think. And, but, but my calling, my passion is to be a pastor. And, 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 and I have to admit that that analogy resonated with me and 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 I want to be fighting for conservative principles yeah. in the Senate winning these fights and and also you know one of the things Ted Kennedy did Ted Kennedy was a lion of the Senate and and he raised up he trained generations of left-wingers who mm. went and populated all of government did enormous damage to the country right um I'm working very hard to train young conservatives, libertarians to go and fight for the Constitution. That's a lot of fun, and I'd rather do that. Not just in the Senate, but here. I'm glad you're staying in the fight in both places. And we've got a lot more to get to because we've got the final verdict on impeachment. But I'm glad to say we don't have the final verdict (laughs) podcast. And we will be back with a lot more to look not just backward on this farce of an impeachment trial, but to look forward at what is at stake coming up. Uh, Thank you so much to everybody who has made this podcast such a big success. Please head on over, if you don't mind, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your podcasts and leave a five-star review. And we'll be back with a whole lot more. I'm Michael Knowles. This is Verdict with Ted Cruz. This episode of Verdict with Ted Cruz is being brought to you by Jobs, Freedom, and Security Pack, a political action committee dedicated to supporting conservative causes, organizations, and candidates across the country. In 2022, Jobs, Freedom, and Security Pack plans to donate to conservative candidates running for Congress and help the Republican Party across the nation. 
More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 